Hello everyone. As we near the end of my semester, I'm looking at a bit of extra time on my hands, so Kathy and I are thinking about going weekly instead of bi-weekly, at least for the next couple months, but possibly even longer. However, we need your help to do so. We found some new editing software that will cut hours off of production time, but it does come with an additional cost on top of what we're already paying to produce this podcast. So here is our plan. If we can get five new patrons to Patreon, pledging $5 a month or more, then we will go weekly at least until the end of August, but maybe even longer. Donors get access to all kinds of cool stuff like behind the scenes updates, early release of episodes, and access to bonus episodes. And if we get those five or more new patrons, then not only will we be able to go to that weekly production schedule for the time being, but we'll also be able to afford to launch a new donor-only RSS feed instead of emailing early and bonus episodes to patrons like we're currently doing. On top of all that, new patrons and our current patrons will get some really cool stickers with the new and improved version of our logo that I'm currently working on. So head on over to patreon.com slash stargatesing to help out your friends, Kathy and Mary. We and our pets appreciate it. Now enjoy the show. You know, head crushing is always funny. Welcome to Stargatesing, a Stargate gazing podcast. I'm your host, Kathy. And I'm your other host, Mary. And every other week, we discuss an episode of Stargate, beginning with Stargate SG-1. Hello! (laughs) Kathy, excuse me. Although it cut me off, because there is a point at the end of that, but that's okay. Aw. I think it seems to be working. You sound sound clear, so... Yeah. Okay, good. Even though Coconut is actually sniffing at the microphone in between me (laughs) (laughs) and it... (laughs) Well, I guess I could hear a little something, but I didn't know what it was, and I mean, it didn't sound enough like anything to think about. <laughs> she was grumbling outside the door. I had Aww. to let her in. It's very That's tragic. A- she was grumbling like from across the room. I think she didn't know where I went because <laughs> you know, I'm in my little my little closet recording studio. So she, I think she just thought I disappeared in the room. So. She was standing in the entrance, so just kind of like around a corner, just grumbling into the distance. Life is... <laughs> and so all I could hear outside was just like... Oh. <laughs> so sad for Coconut. <laughs> so sad. Now she doesn't want to settle down, so she might just stomp on my keyboard a few yeah. times. Aw, hi, Coconut. Now Lily oh, is whining Lily. from a distance, hi, too. So that's cool. <laughs> They're going to be super helpful today. Yay, they are helper dogs. Yeah. So helpful. Hello, Lily. You want me to open the door more? Hopefully I won't sound too echoey. I've still got curtains. The curtains. The curtains. (laughs) No, not the curtains. (laughs) Never gets old. No, it doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) Not to me, No, me either. (laughs) Not the curtains. That was a terrible way to say that. That was that I had that all wrong. No, not the That curtains. is better. Thank you. I just messed that up so bad. I'm embarrassed. Mm-hmm. You should be, so I'm going to make sure that I leave that in good, when I edit it. Good, good. Yeah. Oh, I'm at Kathy exclamation point at the top in the corner where it has my name, but you can't see the, all of that. Oh. No, I can't. <laughs> oh, oh. Oh, but it does say Kathy exclamation point has joined Ooh, in the nice. little message Yay. area. Yeah. Yay. It's very important. It is extremely. So, in honor of this episode, I watched I watched yes. uh, the first episode of Sliders just now. Nice. <laughs> I was like, yes, I need more alternate universe. Uh, I loved that show, and it did not hold up well. I went back and rewatched it like a couple years ago, I think, and I was like, I really loved this show oh, so man. much <laughs> back in the day, and I was like. This acting's pretty yeah. terrible, and the plots aren't great. The production and, quality yeah, is but bad I still en- too. Yeah, oh, the production quality was terrible, but I still really enjoyed it. But I just didn't realize like how bad it really is. Oh, and even as a further connection, though, uh, the store manager that is Quinn and Wade's boss in the first episode, that is Walter from SG One. So yeah, oh, really, <laughs> oh, that's like, funny. This is perfect. He was in that episode too. <laughs> That's yeah. fantastic. Uh, my fun. Yeah. Fantastic. It's a good show. Yeah. 
Well, like we, said, like we just yeah. said, it's not a good show, but it's an yeah. enjoyable show. <laughs> Nonetheless. Yeah. Better show that I I blew through Eureka. I just finished it. <laughs> <laughs> we started rewatching it after you started watching it. And we're maybe, I think, like halfway through. It gets so much better as it goes along. Like, it's not terrible. It's yeah. like, but at the first few, like, the first season or so, I was like, oh, this is all right. I'll just put it on in the background. It's fine. But it just yeah. gets better. The, and the lead actor is so funny. I love him. Yeah. Oh, I agree. <laughs> and, you know, I was trying to remember what it was that I didn't like about it later, like in later seasons. And I think it actually might just be that I was, like, so invested in. Uh, Allison and Sheriff Carter as a couple oh. the first time I watched it that I think I was not to give any spoilers but I think I was more frustrated with their story arc and I still don't even remember exactly how their story arc ends because it, I watched it like when it came out so it was yeah. like 14 years ago but I don't think I care about it as much this time so it's not bothering that's so, me that's so funny much. too because every time like some other woman comes in the picture for the sheriff I'm like she is so much better for him than Allison <laughs> <laughs> And I really liked Allison with Nathan, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah that's fair. I like them better together than I remember. Like, I, th- I hated him the first <laughs> yeah. time through, too, but I really like his character this time around. He grows on you. Interesting how perspectives change after yeah. almost a decade and a half. <laughs> and I don't want to, since you haven't watched it in a long time, I don't want to spoilery too much if you don't remember a lot, so I won't, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember a whole lot, so not so too many spoilers. Yeah, so sorry if I already did in... In various text messages. and (laughs) Oh, no, not at all. And this is our new Eureka podcast. You thought you were tuning in for Stargate, but nope, we're only going to talk about Eureka and also sliders today. (laughs) Probably our pets. Oh, wait, we already did. Yeah, we already did that. Well, you didn't talk about yours, but I did talk about Mine aren't very interesting right now, so we'll just leave them alone until they start to be annoying. That's fair. Yeah. So should we get started with talking about the thing that we actually are supposed we, to be talking about? We probably about? should. Fabulous. What are we talking today, about today? We are talking about the Stargate SG-1 Season 1, Episode number 20, There But For the Grace of God, which is a good title. It's a it long is. title. I like the title. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's an interesting it's one. It's very fitting. Yeah. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Hello again, small dog. She left and now she's back. Comings and goings of pets. Mm-hmm. I don't think she likes sitting in a closet with me, but nor does she like to be without me. So <laughs> here we are. <laughs> she's going to wander around on the floor in here. We start the episode with SG-1 coming through a gate, which is a very unique way to start, into a dark warehouse kind of place, which again is a unique <laughs> way to start. I actually thought that I accidentally put the last episode on again because the start looked so much similar to that it is a big dark warehouse the other one yeah had better so lights. i paused it <laughs> it did have better lights and like when i really thought about it i was like oh right they did like kind of a panning up to the gate and the other one there were differences but like i was confused to the point where i paused the episode to read which one i was watching and then went back in my notes to see which one i was supposed to be watching because <laughs> i already forgot the name of last week's it's always episode. good to double check and do i remember it was <laughs> i don't remember the name of it i guess two weeks ago's yes. episode but we recorded it last week so yeah, wow whatever. brain way to go i'm so impressed oh yep. great duh tin man go us <laughs> How can we forget that? (laughs) Of course. How can we forget? (laughs) So after they've come through, Daniel is filming stuff with a handheld camcorder. (laughs) Remember when those were when everyone didn't just have a computer and phone in their pockets at all times? (laughs) Yeah, crazy. I thought that was so. That was amusing to me. And also, it was just random that like he's never had a handheld camcorder. Yeah. On any mission. So for this one, he randomly just decided he this was when he was going to start using a camcorder on missions. Tilk mentions that there seems to be some damage from gold weapons, but that it doesn't seem to be recent at all. And Daniel points out that there aren't any bodies laying around. So whatever happened seems to have happened quite some time ago. There's some symbols that Sam points out to Daniel, but he doesn't recognize any of them. And he says that the place definitely looks alien. Jack finds a big giant metal thing that looks kind of like the outline of a lion head. I couldn't make it out at all. It was too dark. I had no idea what it was. Yeah. 
It doesn't really matter. What matters is the fact that when Jack points it out to Teal'c, Teal'c is not at all happy to see it. He says they need to return through the gate ASAP because that is known as the Korushnai, which is apparently a symbol meant for Jaffa and Gwauld telling them to essentially turn back now. And Jack's like, well, does it elaborate? And Teal'c says it is placed on worlds that have been destroyed and then also contaminated. Yeah, I, I couldn't help but notice you, you pick pretty much all of my flowers. Can't make a float without flowers. Oh, true enough. But uh, did you have to salt the earth so nothing would ever grow again? <laughs> yeah. So in your terms, this place is radioactive. Oh, we dear. need to go. Indeed. You'd think the MALP would pick that up. I guess they're not checking for it, but you'd think you that would. they should. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how explorey the MALP gets beyond, like, make sure there's a DHD. And that you can I mean, live said, in the air. <laughs> true. My impression was that the whole area was radioactive, though. So, like, even if it doesn't go more than a few feet from the gate, I would still think that, like, they should be picking that up. Yeah. Like, they check temperature. and Yeah, they check the temperature and, like, the air composition and stuff like that. So, maybe throw a Geiger counter yeah, on that thing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Daniel and Sam have made their way to another room. And they found all kinds of artifacts on a table. Daniel thinks it's a lab. And that the items were brought back from other planets for the former inhabitants to study. They've all been tagged. He recognizes some of the cultural items as similar to things, I guess, on Earth or that he's seen before on other planets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Your dog. <laughs> I'm sorry. She's such an ass. She's a funny girl. Just... <laughs> That's one word for it. Not the word I'd use today. I, uh, I don't have to live with it. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Jack and Teal come in and tell Daniel and Sam it's time to go. And Daniel's like, why? There's a treasure trove of artifacts from other cultures. I don't get it. And Jack's like, nope, time to go. Daniel's pretty grumpy about it. And he lingers behind as the team leaves. And he takes his backpack off and starts looting the place. <laughs> Which is great seeing as we've already established that it's radioactive yeah. in here. In his defense, Jack didn't actually say that the place was radioactive. It's... So I guess Daniel didn't really have any way to know that that's why they had to leave and that he shouldn't that's be picking true. this stuff That up. is true. <laughs> One of the items he picks up is, it's a, I guess it's silver, but it's got some colors on it. And he touches it. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, another demure-looking device uh, near the table he's at changes or makes a noise I, in some way. Yeah. It, yeah, a thing. It's not really a mirror, <laughs> because even before he touched that thing, the it wasn't reflecting anything. And until he yeah. touched it, nothing was there. So he goes over right. to look, and he notices he doesn't have a reflection. Oh. But everything yes. else seems to. So <laughs> you that's know, Maybe he's a secret he vampire. Be. I don't know why he didn't consider that he's a vampire. <laughs> but he doesn't. He touches the thing instead. And there's like a jolt of light that goes through him. So he runs out to find his team because he wants to take this item back with him. But it's too big for him to carry. But discovers the team is gone. And Daniel Uh-oh. really hates when that happens. Oh, I really hate it when this happens. <laughs> <laughs> he does. <laughs> uh, now I really want to know how often this happens. <laughs> well, well, he did. I mean, he's been. He got left behind on that. Well, they got, he got left behind on the planet where they thought he died, but that wasn't really their fault. That's true. And... Yeah, the, the fire <laughs> yeah. and water episode, right? That's the first one, the only one I can think of offhand. That's the only one I can think of. Yeah, but I guess you would hate that. Fair. So, yeah. So, realizing that he's alone, Daniel dials the gate to try to get back to Earth. And when he gets through the gate, Hammond comes in, dressed in fatigues instead of his normal shirt sleeve uh, type uniform. But these aren't normal Earth fatigues. They have kind of like black patches of black woven in with the normal Earth tones of fatigues. Daniel addresses him as general, but Hammond's like, well, you don't see any stars on my my uniform. uniform. And apparently this is Colonel Hammond. not General Hammond, and he wants to know how Daniel got an activation code for SG-1. They put Daniel in handcuffs as Hammond asks him, who the hell are you? And then we get credits. I don't know why I do that. 
<laughs> Yay, I'm so credits. excited for the credits. I was looking at the credits though and thinking they put a lot of scenes in there, like spanning the entire first season, and mm, I, really I was just impressed by that. After credits, Daniel is shouting that he needs to see Jack and Sam as he's being dragged into an MRI machine to make sure he's not a ghouled, which he insists he's not. Daniel wants to know where Dr. Fraser is, too. He's got lots of questions, as usual. He's He says he's Dr. Daniel Jackson, and he needs to see Colonel O'Neill, and they're like, you mean General O'Neill? What? What? <laughs> <laughs> they, they put a big needle in him, and before he succumbs to whatever drugs they've given him he kind of sees a blurry white hair person as he closes his eyes and it's also worth mentioning they've sedated him because he was obviously not going to sit still for an mri yeah that's true i did not make that connection yeah well i mean Uh, i I knew they put him on an mri but i was like why are they drugging him and then i realized you're right he'll just keep moving around I assume right. also then once they've drugged him, they can take his handcuffs off because probably don't want those in the MRI machine. <laughs> Not so much, <laughs> no. <laughs> Unless they happen to use like the zip tie kind, which I they doubt that they They looked metal did. to me. Yeah, probably not so much. <laughs> yeah. A little while later, Daniel wakes up from the sedative that they gave him. He bangs on the door of the room that he's in, which is some kind of like bunk or barracks. And a guard comes up and unlocks it and brings in Catherine who Daniel's pretty happy to see, but she's not very happy to see him because she has no idea who he is. And Daniel's like, you don't know me? Apparently Catherine is still in charge here, still has a pretty high up role, and wants to know where he got the device with SG-1's code to open the iris. Daniel recaps his whole history of helping to translate the gate and going to Abydos and then coming back and becoming a member of SG-1. But Catherine says that she herself is the one that actually led up the effort to translate all of the symbols to get the gate working. And she mentions that they referenced Daniel's work and she even went so far as to ask him to join their team, but that he was very rude when he declined her offer. Daniel asks if he can speak to Carter at this point, but apparently Carter isn't in the military. She has a PhD and is attending to more important business at the moment, but Carter still works there, we learn in a minute, so I don't understand why she needed to give this backstory of Carter to make it sound like, oh, well, she's not here, of course, because, like, she normally is there, apparently. Because they need to know she is only Dr. Samantha Dr. Carter in this episode and not Captain (laughs) Dr. Samantha Dr. Carter. This is very true. A very important distinction. Yeah. Yeah. So Daniel flips out and says that he belongs there, but that Catherine doesn't belong there because she is supposed to be retired and living with Ernest. And Catherine is shocked. Presumably, she did not get her earnest back in this version of events. Yeah. Poor alternate Catherine. Yeah. So next, we're in O'Neill's office where Hammond is briefing General Jack O'Neill. And finally, this relationship between Hammond and O'Neill makes sense now that he actually has to do what O'Neill tells him instead of just (laughs) doing it anyway, even though he's the boss. Yep. Woohoo. (laughs) <laughs> i guess maybe here o'neill never retired guess, after yeah the mission the way he did on on earth and so that's how he got promoted but it yeah. doesn't really matter no. they don't go into that um so they're they're talking about something that's going on that they've got 50 percent of their list through to the beta site and that voyagers en route don't really know what this is about yet Catherine comes in though and says that jack should probably meet daniel because he knows things. He knows things. <laughs> so they do. Indeed. So they go to meet Daniel, who's waiting for them in the conference room. Which I thought was weird. Why did they bring him here and then just leave him there with, I, like, no... Go- it's like, you know, it's like when they let yeah. Hathor just, <laughs> just come on in whenever she and wanted, like, towards the beginning of that episode. He was just she there. she had the pixie dust... He doesn't even have that. Yeah. Right. Um, Maybe yeah. he borrowed some. <laughs> so Jack Jack comes in and says, you might be able to help us, I hear. And Daniel's like, wow, this is so weird. Everything here was different a few hour, hours ago, kind of. 
There was the big SGA yeah. emblem on the back wall, though, so this is not the SGC. I was wondering what the A stood for. Stargate Alliance? Uh, I, I like, was thinking of, like, association. Administration. Aardvark. Yeah, something like that. Aardvark. <laughs> yes, Stargate Aardvark. That's the best one. <laughs> Daniel's very confused because... As far as he's concerned, they know each other very well, and Jack knows everything that Daniel knows about the gold. Yeah, it's almost like he hasn't figured out that he's in yeah. an alternate reality yet, which is like, how do you? How have you not picked yeah, up on I that? I don't know. Yet. <laughs> he didn't watch Sliders. He doesn't know. <laughs> Apparently. But Sliders even... I think Sliders was on like around yeah, the same time as I this, actually. I feel like actually. it was a, so, maybe a couple years earlier it started, but I don't remember, really. Yeah, I don't remember exactly either. So Daniel is insisting, I'm a member of SG-1 with Jack and Sam and Teal'c. And he's like, oh, yeah, where's Teal'c? Guy with the gold in his belly. And yeah. Big guy, gold yeah. tattoo. And Jack's like, a Jaffa? <laughs> <laughs> so Daniel tells him that Teal'c is their friend and briefly recaps the events of their history, basically, of the Stargate movie and of, mm-hmm. yeah. In the first, the two, first episodes. two episodes. So he gives a little <laughs> movie recap and first two episode yeah. recap. Um, they should have played our podcast episodes for Jack. <laughs> yeah, right? And Daniel goes about trying to prove he knows Jack. Yeah, yeah. he tells the story yeah, of Jack's son. He tells son. the story of how Jack's son killed himself with Jack's own gun. And Catherine insists she did not tell Daniel this. And Daniel wants to is trying to find out now what's going on. I think he's starting to catch on. He's like, did you go to the Chulak homeworld or the Jaffa homeworld on Chulak? And they don't know what that is. They are very interested in the fact that Daniel knows where this is and that and Catherine has him write down the gate address to Chulak. Daniel's like, well, you've never met Teal'c. Everything's so screwed up. And then Sam comes in, and Daniel's, again, very excited to see someone he knows, but she also doesn't know him. And she looks very different. She does. She's got long hair. She does. And she is not wearing a military dress because she's not in the military. (laughs) She announces that we've lost DC and Philly, and Daniel wants to know what does that mean. So they're going to tell him. They will. In the control room. Sam takes Daniel to a map. It has red markings all over it, and Catherine says that every dot is a destroyed city. Did you notice, though, when they showed the close-up view of the map that it was actually, like, big red patches, and a lot of them were over, like, lakes, or there was a big patch over the English Oh, I didn't notice the positioning. (laughs) I was just like... These were not cities. This looks like a lot of uh, huge swaths of Europe and northern Africa were covered in red blobs, but I didn't realize they were over bodies of water. Yeah, they, a lot of them were over bodies of water, like whole lakes that were, were covered over. And then, so obviously, like, these patches were way bigger than just cities. So that was, I thought, a weird way to word it. But then also, they only focused on Europe, yeah. even though this is a U.S.-based operation. So I thought that was also weird. And then when they zoom out, it actually looks like there's only really red blobs on the map in that area. So I guess they just, whoever the effect person was, couldn't really be bothered to... To address any maybe, other part of the map. Maybe, Ran out of time yeah. after they finished Europe when they were doing their visual effects. Maybe, maybe they just haven't had time to update it to add Philly to <laughs> to the list. <laughs> it's just yeah. DC and Philly. I, don't know. I guess. Maybe. Uh, Some random guy tells Dr. Carter that there's another report on, and so they turn on the news. And the Gua'uld are reportedly systematically destroying civilization, starting with the East Coast and moving west, which I thought was also a weird way to word it, because we can see that Europe is doing way worse than the U.S. is from that map. So to say that they're destroying civilization starting (laughs) on the East Coast and moving west is very American-centric. But, of course, you know, (laughs) what else do you expect, I suppose? The Gua'uld aren't communicating with anyone, apparently, and they are also leaving no survivors in their wake. Yikes. A little bit later on, Daniel is feeling very sorry for himself and saying that he feels like the victim of the biggest practical joke ever. And I thought using the word victim was weird because, like, they're just talking about how, like, all these people are dying. But yes, Daniel, you're the one that's the (laughs) victim here. So he was having a huge pity party for himself. And Catherine is looking at the various artifacts that Daniel snagged. And hopefully they have checked them for radioactive contamination and decontaminated them. 
but they never mention it again, so I guess that's not important. She asks if everything that he brought was stuff that he got on the planet, and he says, yeah, everything except for the gun and the hand grenade, and he tells them all about the lab and the mirror and what happened to him on the planet. Catherine is looking at specifically at that kind of mouse-shaped device, almost, yeah. That seemed to activate the mirror, and Daniel tells her that he picked that up first and then touched the mirror second, and she guesses that maybe it's some kind of control for the mirror. Daniel said that when he touched the mirror, it felt kind of like getting a shock, and then when he went to look for his team, they were gone, and blah, 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 more recapping of what already (laughs) happened, and then next thing we know, he's in their gate room with all the guns drawn. He's doing that a lot. (laughs) Yeah, it's a lot of recapping of things that we just saw two minutes ago. But then he randomly gets distracted by what is happening down in the gate room and is like, what the hell are they doing down there? And runs down to the control room. So they're prepping this bomb to go through the gate. And Sam is saying that she thinks that the Genesis list to the beta site is their priority. So I guess getting people through, Mm -hmm. which makes sense. Evacuation sounds like a good plan. At least there will be... (laughs) <laughs> a few people from this planet surviving right. somewhere. Yeah. Theoretically. Jack would rather attempt to stop the attack on Earth first by bombing Chulak, which is what they end up doing. So Catherine explains to Daniel that the beta site is where they are evacuating to in the event of what is happening right now and things like that. Yes. So they're loading up all the important people, scientists, doctors, politicians. Ooh. All the important people. The rest of us are left to die. And by us, I mean these fictional people. Because as far as I know, we haven't been attacked yet by any sort of alien. No. Not that I'm aware of. Did you hear that that Umau Mau? There's a guy from Harvard that really thinks that that Umau Mau... You wouldn't really call it a comet, but he thinks that that was some alien tech of some sort. No, I did not hear about this. Not that we were attacked by it. but... (laughs) But we could be next time. (laughs) <laughs> but yes, maybe. <laughs> it's just going to turn around at some point and just head on back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Daniel is distressed to hear that they're going to send a nuclear weapon to Chulak. I think it was a nuclear weapon. I don't really know, but yeah. Yeah, yeah they did say it. it was and so def- you know, Daniel is explaining or trying to let them know, like, the Jaffa are not our enemy. And Jack's like, they've killed one and a half billion people so far. And who is it that's those that is flying those ships? And why don't you give me a good reason not to strike back? Daniel's silent for a moment. <laughs> because Jack's got a point. I mean, he does. yeah. It is yes, not does. a convincing argument. D- Daniel says they have no choice, but Jack's not convinced. Daniel didn't not. seem very convinced that he was going to convince him anyway. I said convinced like 400 yeah. times. <laughs> <laughs> they send the weapon through the gate. Daniel points out that there are a lot of innocent humans on a lot of gold planets, and Jack has had enough of Daniel. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I can't no. say I blame him. <laughs> Daniel kind of walks around rubbing his eyes going, this isn't happening. This isn't happening. Which reminded me of yeah. the episode of Jose Chung's from Outer Space from the X-Files. <laughs> because that's a repeated line in that um, in that episode. <laughs> where like the alien or the guy dresses the alien. You know, that's a weird episode. Don't really know what happens. But they're like... It was a weird episode. Like various people are like, this is not happening. It's <laughs> just... Anyway... <laughs> <laughs> nothing. It has nothing to do with anything. It's just this is our yeah. X Files podcast. <laughs> Mostly just about the Darren Morgan episodes because those are the ones I remember most clearly. Is it possible, Daniel asks, that the Stargate malfunctioned and that he came through in a different version of Earth? And Sam says that doesn't make sense. The Stargate does not take you to alternate realities, which is generally true. Wibbly wobbly, yeah. timey wimey, space time continuum. Yeah, we talk about. The possibility of parallel worlds and bloody bloody blah. blah, blah. Um, mm-hmm. Daniel thinks he has gone to a parallel world now because things are same but very different. Daniel's like, this isn't my world at all. Again, Sam insists the Stargate wouldn't cause it, but Catherine 
She's a thinker, that Catherine. Smart She's a lady. smart cookie. Okay. <laughs> she thinks maybe it is this mirror on P3R233 that Daniel was talking about that he also says and she mentions that might have been made of Naquita, the Stargate stuff. P3R233? Yeah. yeah oh. I know. <laughs> well, yeah, she did. <laughs> she says she's been there. She but has. then there's distraction. An off world activation. activation. They've got Air Force One calling because they're on their way. They've got other things to deal with. So they leave Daniel alone. So he finds an unoccupied computer and Googles himself, which is what I would do too. Yeah. And discovers that he is last known to have been in Egypt as of 1997. And then he goes to the map of red dots and notices that he might be dead. <laughs> and that's distressing yep. for him. Yeah. <sighs> Sam doesn't really seem to care about that, though, when she when he no. tells her that. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I've really got yeah. more important stuff to worry about. <laughs> Jack and uh, Hammond come down, and they're all waiting on the arrival of Air Force One, which is, they're watching on a screen, and it is being chased by a gold ship, and Air Force One loses that chase. They're dead. Yes. They keep watching as the ship uh, makes its way to the SGA. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. they're, They're in trouble. The gate is open. They can't escape. Sam says the firepower from the ship that's over them can reach all the way down to where they are, and they're pretty much expecting to die at any moment. And they watch on a small monitor as the ship descends onto the mountain, and Daniel's like, they're not going to fire. That ship then lands on the base. Yeah. It does. I thought it was a kind of cool effect here when they uh, kind of visually introduced the ship, because Walter had said that it was going to be that they'd be able to see it, track it visually within 10 seconds. And then they like show the monitor and there's like this giant shadow falling over the entrance of the yeah. compound in the shape of a plane. And then they kind of pan up to show the actual starship or, you know, yeah. whatever it is up there. Have I thought it was a cool effect. Before? I'm trying to remember. And I, my, I yeah, don't my think brain so? is mushy. Cause I remember the ships from other episodes that we haven't reviewed, yeah. but well, I think the only really big ones that we've seen were the pyramid-shaped right. okay. one, that raw head, and then otherwise, I think we've only seen kind of smaller okay. ones flying around Chulak or other planets that they've gotcha. used to attack them with. Yeah, is this a Rosh-sized ship then, perhaps? Yeah, that was my impression. If it was landing on top of a mountain, that it was kind of a throwback yeah. to the movie and Ra's ship. In the meeting room, Daniel Carter, Jack, and Hammond, and a whole bunch of other people have gathered. Hammond says that it seems like the Jaffa are assembling some kind of weapon and Jack orders that the entrances be covered by as much personnel as possible and that they destroy the secondary elevator shaft and try to block ways in and down to the gate room and just leave basically one entrance for for anyone that needs to fall back. He says that any non-essential personnel should be going to the beta site immediately, including Daniel and Catherine. And Sam tells him that the gold have been keeping an incoming wormhole activated so that they are not able to dial out. And how did Jack not know about this before? Because that happened a little while ago. I don't ago. know. I... <laughs> yeah. He's got a lot on his mind. <laughs> yeah. So Daniel says it's likely because of the bomb they sent. Way to rub it in, Daniel. That's very helpful. Sam mentions here that with full power... They can keep a gate activated for about a half an hour or so. And so hopefully the Gwauls have some kind of a time limit too. And Jack's like, there's a time limit? Which again, <laughs> being the person in charge of this whole program, I would think that he should be aware of. Maybe. But he's not. Maybe being general of this place just means you're just not aware of things that are happening. Like I bet Hammond knows yeah, that shit just... in this version of Earth. Right, Yeah. Yeah, because I was going to say, well, here it seems like Jack is doing about as good of a job at running things as Hammond is. (laughs) So with that, they all look around the room at each other. A little bit later in the hallway, Jack is planting some explosives. And I was wondering why somebody of a lower rank wouldn't be doing this. But anyway, he's got some C4 that he's planting in various places to destroy hallways and whatnot, as he had said they were going to do. Back in the meeting room. Daniel is listening to some sort of a recording, and he says that the first part sounds kind of like a derivation of ancient Egyptian, and Catherine's like, oh, we didn't recognize it as that. (laughs) And Daniel's like, well, you didn't learn to speak it aloud on (laughs) Abydos. 
<laughs> I was like, seriously? <laughs> Just the way he said it, it really was so was. obnoxious. <laughs> so Catherine and Sam exchanged a look with each other, which I like to think meant one tool. <laughs> but they didn't actually say anything, so I guess I don't know I for think sure. you're right. Daniel asked where the recording came from. Catherine says that it was a deep space transmission that they picked up a few months ago. And it came from the same general direction as P3R233. So they actually went and tried to check the planet out shortly after they got this message. But it had already been destroyed by the gold at that point. And they did have a look around, but they didn't find any mirror. Daniel's continuing to listen and translate, and he manages to catch beware the destroyers and writes that down and he says that he also can make out we came from but then at that point it just kind of cuts off mid-sentence and then there's just some like repetitive noises sam says that they did analyze that sound and that the pulses that are on the recording are divided into groups and she spouts off some numbers and daniel writes them all down and he recognizes that these are six groups of numbers so this must be a stargate address of some sort without the origin symbol and so it would seem that the people of P3R233 had been able to figure out where the attackers were coming from. And so now they just need to figure out... I was a little bit under confused as to why they needed to have the origin symbol from the other planet, because it's not origin in, originating from that planet. It's originating from here. Anyway. So now, knowing this, they just need to get a look at the layout and symbols on the other gate in order to figure out how they can translate this into a usable address for themselves. And they're like, oh, if only we knew what their gate looked like. And again, conveniently, <laughs> Daniel was using his camcorder when he went through the gate for the first and only time ever. And so he just happens to have a recorded image of what the wow. gate looks like on the other side on that <laughs> Who planet. Known? OMG. Yeah. And then the gate turns off and they all run down to the control room because they finally have the chance to perhaps try dialing out. Yep. It's a race. They need to dial all of their chevrons and have them locked in order to open a wormhole before the golds are able to dial into them. And if they don't, then the gold are going to be able to establish another wormhole for another half-ish hour. Yeah. Which is not yeah. good. So Jack and his soldiers, meanwhile, are starting a fight with the Jaffa. Back in the gate room, the gate is dialing, but they only get to Chevron 5 before the gold win this race. <sighs> so they determined they ha the, the wormhole, last wormhole stayed open for 38 minutes. So they're counting on that to be the timing again. And they need to do what they can to make the dialing computer faster for next time in order to win this terrible, terrible race. Daniel says they may not have 38 minutes. Jack and company seem to be losing their firefight and are retreating. Then Snakehead Teal'c appears. He's got his big sneaky helmet on. And he looks, he takes, you know, he takes it off a little or whatever. Retracts it. There's the word. He retracts it. Yeah. <laughs> and he's frowny and intimidating underneath. He is. And he's got a ponytail. Can you see that in that scene? I couldn't see. But yes, he has a ponytail. He and Sam get long hair for this. Yeah. Yeah. They do. I thought that was an odd choice for him, though, because while, like, I mean, I know this is Egyptian-based and that wasn't an Egyptian hairstyle, but, like, that was for, for kids, Interesting. For I did not know that. Yeah. I don't know why I know that, but I do. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing like that. Anyway. <laughs> Back in the meeting room, Daniel's watching his video and trying to decipher the code based on the numbers that Sam gave him. Sam reports to Jack, who just came in, and Hammond, that she estimates they have about 25 minutes left before they can attempt to dial at the gate again. Hammond tells Jack that Daniel thinks he knows where the attack might be originating from and that that's what he's working on over there. And Jack says, well, if Daniel can figure it out, then let's send a bomb through. That's his solution to everything. Like, <laughs> it really is. I mean, I can't say yeah. I blame him at this point, again, with the whole million and a, billion and a half dead. <laughs> But Daniel's like, excuse me? 
And he says that he knows that he's an outsider, but doesn't really see how sending a bomb through would help because the Gould and the Jafar are already there. And also they might have an iris also, so it's really not going to do any good. And Sam does back him up here because she points out the fact that they might only have one yeah. chance to dial out if the Gould are going to continually try to dial in so that, so that they can't dial out. Then they might only have that one chance. And so it would be kind of a waste to dial that Gould world instead of using it to evacuate people. Catherine here is distracted by the footage of alternate Sam that is now on screen. And then Sam herself <laughs> is also mesmerized at the appearance of her alternate person. And Jack's like, whoa, isn't that all supposed to be theoretical? And Sam's like, well, not anymore. They see Teal'c and discuss his whole background as the first prime of Apophis. And Catherine mentions that, oh, that guy's here now. We picked him up on security camera earlier. And at this point, I expected Daniel to be like, all right, well, maybe we can turn him and use that to our advantage. But instead, he's like, I know this is going to sound selfish, but if you guys just let me leave here and take these addresses, then I can stop this on my planet. And let's just yeah. worry about that instead of okay, saving I your have planet. Things. Well, I don't have things. Okay. I was yeah. just trying to think of a way to say <laughs> this because I was like, oh, yeah, you got to help your fellow humans on this other universe. And I was like, oh, yeah, right. help your, you know, the phrasing like brother from another mother or something. I was trying to come up with something like that but for <laughs> parallel worlds. And the best I could get was pals from the parallels, which is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but do you want to hear my bad. rejects? Yes, right, yes, of had... course. <laughs> Gotta. <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> I'm gonna read them anyway. <laughs> Gotta yeah, help you... your herd from another world. <laughs> <laughs> your gang from another plane. <laughs> your fellow like band from another land. Mates from the alternate. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's yeah <laughs> those, those are my are list <laughs> so i spent my time instead of cleaning today that was a way better way to spend your time <laughs> i agree it's fantastic so in response to daniel's request that they just worry about getting him back to his world and just resign themselves to their own fate as being just all dead on this planet. Sam is like, how do you even know that they would attack your earth? And Dan is like, well, we pissed them off as bad, if not worse than you guys. <laughs> I thought that was he's, kind of a weird flex to try to one up them on that, he's, but he's being really yeah, he's shitty been this episode. Kind of a jerk the whole time. Very self-absorbed <laughs> and like, yeah. Yes. He's like, I know you guys have it bad with your billion and a half dying, but what about me? What about my needs and my earth? So Jack's like, you want us to give up our only chance to strike back at them in order to save our alternate selves. And Daniel's like, oh, yeah, but my whole earth, too. The Jack that I know would do uh -huh. it. <laughs> and this Jack is like, well, apparently we've never met. And Daniel's like, I guess not. Jeez, Daniel. <laughs> so he says, look, I've seen that. What can happen? And now I need to go home and stop what I now know can happen on my earth, if that's possible. But you have to help me if that's going to happen. So Jack says, well, how much time do we have left? And Sam tells him 22 minutes. And Jack's like, well, it doesn't matter because we don't have time anyway. And Daniel says, well, maybe we can get some help. And Jack's like, from where? And Daniel says, not where, who? <gasps> the who they're talking about is Teal'c. I know. What? <laughs> the Jaffa are... I Tell know. Tell me more well, about this. <laughs> the Jaffa are busy bringing in the big guns or whatever. And they see Teal'c on yeah. the monitor. And he casually just takes his staff weapon and shoots the camera. <laughs> Boom. So Jack's like, you're kidding, right? <laughs> and Daniel says, my Teal'c is cool because he hates his slavery. So this will probably work. <laughs> And Jack says, we're not really in a good position to be of help to the Jaffa. And also, we probably just killed all of his people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very good point, Jack. So Daniel says, maybe Teal'c will also be interested in saving the other Teal'c's planet. Since his... Yeah. The, the alternate, alternate Earth. Earth. Because, you know, this guy's going to care about alternate Earth. But maybe Earth. alternate <laughs> Chulak. Aw. Uh, yeah. 
Jack's like, how can I possibly explain this? And Daniel's like, he's smart and he'll understand. <laughs> okay, Daniel. It's just a weird way to say that yep. again. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I also thought that was weird. <laughs> like, they didn't say he's not smart. Yeah. It's a weird thing to try to explain to someone regardless of their true. intelligence. I mean, look how long it took Daniel to figure out he wasn't on his earth. <laughs> exactly. Daniel, I'm sure, thinks he's pretty smart. <laughs> Daniel for sure thinks he's very smart. <laughs> Sam asks rightly, how can you be sure he is the same enough to your Tilk that this will work and that he'll listen? And Daniel's like, it's close enough. <laughs> <laughs> That's good reasoning. <laughs> Sound logic. Yeah. He's like, I know my my request is insane, and if you don't want to help, I'll understand. <laughs> and Jack's like, well, I guess all I have to do is buy a little time. And Catherine says, bring this video that was pretty convincing. Maybe it'll convince him. Daniel hands off the camera to Jack. It's a lingering pass off. They have a yep. long look. Daniel thanks them. Jack's like, wish me luck. And Sam's like, wait, Jack, before you go, we need to hug so everyone knows to ship us. <laughs> yeah, and Catherine's yep. like, I guess they're not engaged in your reality. <laughs> Daniel's like, nope, see my surprise face. In the gate room, a little bit later on, Hammond is giving a motivational talk to the troops before they head out to defend the gate. Out in the hall, Jaffa are setting up a big weapon, which is basically just like a giant version (laughs) of the staff weapon. Jack finds Tilk, and the Jaffa draw their weapons on him. I don't know why they wouldn't have just immediately shot Amir, but they don't. And Jack says that he surrenders and introduces himself to Tilk, and is like, you're Tilk, right? You probably want to know how I knew that. I have quite a story to tell you. (laughs) Yeah. In the control room, Sam says that she's got the dialing time down another five seconds, so maybe that will be enough for them to complete the dial out before another dial in can happen. Now they just need the wormhole to destabilize so that they can give it a try, because another that incoming one from before is still active. Hammond comes in and orders Walter to head to the lines, saying they need all the help that they can get out there. Which I thought was a little heartwarming moment because, like, Walter is Walter's an office guy. He's yeah. not a fighter guy. So I was like, oh, poor Walter. Desperate yeah. times mean that poor Walter's got to go for the front. And that's not, you know, that's not what he signed up for. But but he's a brave guy. Gets up. No complaint. Goes out to the front. Yep. Hammond tells Sam to set the auto-destruct for two minutes past when they estimate that the gate will be able to dial out again. And he says that if the gold want this place in one piece... I intend to disappoint them. So we end that scene with Sam setting the auto-destruct. Yeah. I know. Lots going on. It's an action-packed episode. And a lot of talky episode. Talks and acts. Talks and acts. Yes. I don't know what that means. (laughs) I'm going to stop doing that. (laughs) Teal'c and Jack are watching the video of the SG-1 team that... Yeah. Is not from their universe. <laughs> they found a yes. monitor. So, like, not only did he just show him on the camcorder, but he was like, come follow me. We'll find a monitor and chat. And Maybe Tilk was like, I can't watch oh, this was... tiny screen. I need something slightly larger. <laughs> so Jack's, yeah, Jack's like, you it. must know this alternate universe is possible. And Tilk's a little bit in denial, which don't blame him. So Jack's like... Yeah. How did Daniel know your name? And he also says that you hate being a slave to the gold. And Teal's like, lies. And and as they all say in this, I know it sounds insane. <laughs> and he tells Teal he has a chance to go change things in this other world. They just need a little bit of, they just need Teal to buy them a little bit of time. Right. Teal seems to be thinking about it, but then Jack goes too far. He, yeah. Is like, Tilk in the other world is a good guy. He betrayed the gold. He's f- working on freeing his people, his family, your wife, your son, Ryak. And that's when Tilk is like, I know you killed my family. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, so Tilk kills yeah. Jack. Yep. Yep. For a second, I didn't think he was going to. Because they turned the big giant staff yeah. weapon on him and uh, they pause. They do pause, but... But nope. 
Maybe happened. he was taking that extra mo- extra moment to enjoy murdering the person who murdered his family. Yeah. In the control room, Catherine orders Sam and Daniel to get to the gate room. And Daniel asks, well, what about you? Maybe if I get home, I can send some help. And Catherine reminds him about the remote thing that he will probably need. Spoiler alert, he doesn't. <laughs> Sam runs to go get it. And Daniel thanks Catherine for her help. She says that if he helped to reunite alternate her with alternate Ernest, then in the grand scheme of things, they are even as far as she's Aww. concerned. Yeah. So Daniel runs down to the gate room. The iris is closed and he looks back up at Catherine expectantly and is waiting for Carter and waiting for that incoming wormhole to dissipate. Out in the hall, we go back to another firefight and Hammond and Walter are both firing on the Jaffa. Sadly, neither of them make it out of that battle. Back in the gate room, Catherine tells Daniel, two minutes. Sam is in the conference room retrieving the device, but she found herself instead surrounded by a bunch of Jaffa. So she puts her hands up and says that she is surrendering and that she has info that will help Apophis. And she's holding up the remote and says that it's a control to an interdimensional portal. So she's being super honest and she can tell Apophis how to find it. So she hands them the thing and then pulls out a grenade and is like, oh yeah, I also also wish to to blow us all to hell. Boom. Yeah. (laughs) Loved it. Yeah, it was, was really like, badass. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Aww. But, aw, yeah. We're losing all the characters we care about. And it's sad, but they all go out in, like, yeah. badass heroic ways. Except for Daniel who just dies in Egypt. Screw Daniel. <laughs> yes. Maybe he was Could heroic in we Egypt. Don't we don't ever really find out. Probably not. This Daniel being annoying is anything. No, that's not true. Daniel has been heroic in many situations. I'm not going to judge him based yeah. on this one episode where he's... <laughs> he just he's also been really terrible in other home. episodes too though <laughs> i'm gonna go with that he just wants to go yeah. home anyway yeah Catherine starts the dial out sequence now that the incoming wormhole has dissipated the iris opens and from in the gate room we can see up through the window that the jaffa have made it into the control room they've got their weapons drawn on her and the blast shield comes down over the window so we don't really see what happens to her but we can probably take it that it's not going to end well no. for her. At the door, yeah, at the door into the gate room, someone's firing and manages to blast a hole in the door and in comes Tilk. The gate activates because the sequence was already set to dial out. So even though Catherine had stood up and left the controls, it was still dialing anyway. Daniel rushes through, Tilk fires at him. We don't really get to see what happened or whether he was hit or not. And just after we see Daniel diving through the gate, we hear the auto-destruct counting down to zero, and we see a bright flash. Bye, Dilk. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone everyone in that base. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Ooh. And presumably everyone on Earth after that. Yeah. Likely so. I wonder if the auto-destruct, like, would it destroy the ship that was docked on the mountain or not? We never find that out. At least not in this episode, and I honestly don't remember if it ever comes yeah, back I don't in the future. Know. So. I can't, re- anyway, yeah. yeah. I can't, I can't recall. Yeah. So, Daniel's back on uh, P323, whatever it was. Daniel's back on the planet with the yeah. mirror. Yeah. And he is on the ground. The blast does seem to have hit him, but just hit his arm, so he is able mm-hmm. to get up and head to the mirror. He touches it and is zapped again. Yeah, good thing he didn't. Yeah, no kidding. It was... Which sucks because if they hadn't sent Carter back for the thing that she didn't actually even end up needing, then she could have survived with him too and made it through to the alternate w- world. But, you know, here we are. She, she went did. out like a boss. So then we see the rest of our SG1, our SG1, Daniel's SG1. We see the rest <laughs> of Daniel's SG1 looking around the warehouse again for Daniel. They hear Daniel shout, so they run and find him injured. Tilk recognized that he's been hit with a staff weapon. Jack finds Daniel's piece of paper with a gate address written on it. And Jack's like, we need to get him back to Earth. But then suddenly Daniel wakes up and he's like, we're all in big trouble. They're coming. They're coming. Dramatic music. End of episode. Whew. Yeah. Yeah. Quite a way to end it. might be in for some excitement. 
I mean, we were already it in does. for some excitement. This was exciting, but yeah. 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 It was an exciting episode. I liked it. I liked Did it you a like lot. It? I liked lots of things about it. Yeah. I think I mentioned last week how big yeah. on parallel universes I am. <laughs> yes, and I thought yeah. you were being sarcastic. <laughs> I know. I'm not, not being, being sarcastic. sarcastic. You would never I'm... be sarcastic. You're like the least yeah. sarcastic person. I, I really, really want to be your friend. friend. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to watch that sketch. Um... <laughs> I have a ring fit, which I like to use, but when uh, one of the things that you do is like make fake smoothies and they're like your little power up things. And uh, the, 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 the thing that like is supposed to be your trainer after he makes a smoothie, he's like, "Looks tasty." <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like he's being he's sarcastic. Not supposed cause... to be. <laughs> I don't think he's supposed to be, but I don't know. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, just yeah. Remind, that reminded that whole conversation reminded me of. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was a really good episode. It was very exciting. I thought a lot of this stuff, because it's been several years since I've watched the whole series through, I didn't necessarily remember. And like I said, it was uh, it was kind of like bittersweet to see like all of these characters that we have grown to to like and enjoy being super brave up until the end and then losing the yeah. battle anyway. So even though like they weren't the same characters because they were the parallel characters, but like it still still gives you feels to see what happened to them when they were taken out by the enemy in, in a really brave manner generally. Yeah. yeah. I I liked I like that. I like that we're dumped into like the middle of this very imminent danger story and that it yeah. also doesn't appear to just be a what's the word? A one off bottle episode. Like it actually has consequences yeah. for the story of the main universe that we watch. So right, yeah. There's that heavy implication at the end that this is going to be a continued storyline. Yeah. Despite all my <laughs> yeah, complaints no, about I, Daniel, <laughs> I did enjoy yeah. the episode. Otherwise, <laughs> and normally I'm okay with Daniel being like, "These are peaceful people. Let's not kill them." Or you know, except for that part yeah. where he did the genocide that one time. But um, right, <laughs> so that, except for that one time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but. I don't normally find him as nearly as insufferable as I thought no, he was he in just, this episode. I feel like he was tone deaf to their situation because he was so yeah. distracted by yeah, his absolutely. own. Yeah, absolutely. He was just not getting it. And he, yeah, he came off not great in this episode. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, for sure. I get that, like, what's happening to you is really awful. But at the same time, he's, like, completely ignoring the fact that as bad as his situation is, being in this, like, awful parallel planet... It's worse for them because this is their yeah. planet. It's interesting, too, the timeline. So in both universes, this planet that they were on with the mirror mm -hmm. was destroyed by the gold. But it seems like yeah. the timing of the gold attack on Earth, if it's going to happen in this Earth, is slightly off from there. So mm -hmm. that's another, I don't know, slight universe right. difference. But even if, like, for some reason yeah. they're not going to be attacked... Um. They still now have this address to this homeworld planet or whatever or base or whatever it's going to be that they could even explore if they're not going to be attacked. But I'm yeah. guessing they're go there's going to be an attack. It's probably yeah. a good guess. Again, I don't really remember because I'm not doing a spoiler. But Daniel, yeah, Daniel seemed pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Daniel is quite certain. Yeah. And I just, I like, the, I think, I think just about parallel universes in general, I just really like the idea. It's interesting to me thinking about the way mm -hmm. life diverges with decisions that you make or that you don't make. And oh, yeah. What would have happened mm -hmm. if you had made this decision or if this had happened? And I just, I really like that speculative path of story. Yeah, I agree. Like, there have definitely been, like, a few large decisions that I've made that I every once in a while wonder, like, what if I had made this yeah. decision differently? Yeah. So the whole parallel universe thing is interesting like for it. that reason. Because, like, theoretically, according to some people, there's some version out there of me that did make that decision. I'm not saying that I buy that, it but could, it's an yeah, interesting you never know. thought experiment. Yeah. I suppose so. <laughs> What do we have coming up for our next our, episode to let me discuss? Just down the Netflix over here because it's the easier one to read that doesn't have spoilers. 
<laughs> so the next episode we are watching is Stargate SG-1 Season 1 by our count, episode 21. Netflix says it's 20. I said, what? I know. Screw, Screw you, Netflix. Netflix. The episode is called Politics. That sounds boring. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> A powerful U.S. senator vows to shut down the Stargate project despite Daniel Jackson's warnings of an eminent Gould invasion. That doesn't sound like a good idea. No. There's one thing I've learned about the government. It's that they're full of good ideas. I mean, I think we can tell by the fact that there's no other episodes after this one that they shut it down and everyone dies. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, weird that it never went beyond one season and they didn't even finish out a full season. But here we are. This is going to be a short podcast. Yeah, I guess we really will move on to like X Files or Eureka or or Sliders. There's there's so many, so many to talk about. We've still got our TNBG yes. podcast we need to start at some point. <laughs> but yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good run. All right. Yeah. yeah. It's been it's been fun. Um, thanks. So I guess we'll be at right, least meeting right. for that next one episode, though. So in the meantime, hit subscribe if you haven't already so that you can at least get that one <laughs> last episode. Because <laughs> there for sure aren't nine nope. more seasons to go. <laughs> You can also check us out on YouTube if that is preferable to you. Reviews and likes are greatly appreciated to help others find the podcast. And word of mouth is also greatly appreciated because that is the best way that people find podcasts. If you need to get in touch with us, you can email us at stargatesing at gmail.com. And we're on Twitter at stargatesing. You can like and share our page on Facebook or join our Facebook group. And we are on patreon.com slash stargatesing if you are feeling generous and would like to make any donations. And last but not least, you can find us on our website, stargatesing.space. I'm Kathy. And you've been listening to Stargatesing. The end. The end. Hang on a second. Sure, sure. Thank you. Just gonna pass the time somehow. Of course. Now should now is the time of day where she sits on my lap. And then runs away to bark at something and then comes back and wants me to pick her up again and then runs away to bark at something and then comes back and wants me to pick her up again. So she'll sit here for like two seconds and then she'll go and bark Also, at I think again. it's really your problem then that you're not adhering to her schedule. <laughs>